On today's show, three members of the New Haven drag community join us to reflect on how their work and art manifests the principles of radical love and creative social justice on both a personal and communal level. Daniel Eugene is a designer and photographer, among many other things. Luis Antonio is a dancer, choreographer, and teacher. These two artists and partners have been collaborating with the New Haven drag community to produce and support numerous events and shows, and a new hashtag, as well as Daniel's new photo book, NHV Drag. Sylvia Hart joins us to share a firsthand perspective as an artist and drag queen in this community. Sylvia, Daniel, and Luis, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Tegan. So happy to have you guys here. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. <laughs> as it should be. So, Sylvia. Yes. So, <laughs> tell us a little bit about who Sylvia Hart is. So, long story short, not probably not that short, but um, I started out like just as... Uh, okay, so the whole thing started like I went to uh, me and my friends started a night um, at Hula Hanks over um, on College Street when it was there. Mm-hmm. And um, we threw a birthday party for my best friend at the time. And the theme was flip night. It was a flip birthday party. So all the guys dra- went in drag and all the girls came as uh-huh. men. Okay. Well, dressed as men, excuse right. me. <laughs> so that's when Sylvia Hart was born. And I thought it was just going to be like, you know, like a fun one-time thing. Yeah. Little did I know that you cannot do drag just once. <laughs> you were hooked. <laughs> yeah, hooked, hooked. And then um, from then on, like I met, um, I met someone that did shows at Partners, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, you should perform. You should perform." I was like, "Perform? Mm. I just wanted to look pretty." Yeah. <laughs> so then I performed, and I was like, "Wait, you can make money off of this?" <laughs> and then. Oh, goodness. How long has it been? Maybe eight Ten plus years. No. no. How dare you? <laughs> That's how long we don't each other. <laughs> uh, maybe like eight years later, wow. I'm still going strong. And wow. we're just going, keep going. Being keep fabulous. On, keep on chugging, being fabulous. Yeah. So be- how- oh, go ahead. What's being cool about this is that I've seen her, you know, we've been friends for 10 plus years or so. Yep. And I've seen her evolve, you know, from a booger. Yeah, <laughs> beauty and, you know, the transformation has been amazing to see yeah. and to witness. And that's why I, you know, respect her as a drag queen and performer because you could see her growing all those years. What did you amazing. notice in that evolution? Um, her charisma towards the uh, community changed a lot, too. And people always felt a way about her. And I always came up to her defense. Mm-hmm. Like, what you what know, way do they feel about me? <laughs> I won't get into that part. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. We can't you know, They were like, oh, Sylvia could be a little mean, a little, you know. And I'm like, you know what? When you get to know her, you get to love her. And you get to love her because she keeps it real, mm-hmm. you know. And she also changed in drag. She evolved with the times, which is something that's beautiful to see in, 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 in any kind of art. Yeah. You know, she didn't get stuck. She grew as an artist, as a drag queen, as a drag artist, yeah. I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but and like some people do that, they find their niche and niche niche, and they kind of stick in it, right? And they kind of stick to it just because it's what they're comfortable in. Me, we didn't. When I started in the drag community, like we didn't have YouTube makeup tutorials. We didn't have a wig store, like like online wig shopping or clothing Mm -hmm. shopping or anything like that. So I literally had to like go to Walgreens and I still go to, I still go to Walgreens don't get me wrong <laughs> but like 
we we went to Walgreens and like found out what worked, found yeah. out worked with what we could to make our character. Yeah. And I say I use the word character loosely because some drag queens do have a specific character. I just feel like Sylvia is Kevin like blown up. Mm. Like I always call Sylvia the hot bro girl that that you have. Like yeah. you always have that like one girlfriend. She's really hot, but she'll go to the sports bar and out drink like the biggest doofiest frat guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sylvia. She's really hot, but she'll be like, Yeah, yeah go team. Glug, 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 glug. <laughs> so did you know her the first night? Like did she that first night that you got ready, did she appear or did she kind of evolve? No, over? she definitely evolved. I emancipated myself from my original drag mother because um she's like the first time she did my makeup, she was like, Oh crap. She's really pretty. She's gonna come for me. And then she like purposely started screwing up my makeup afterwards. Yeah. So who is your drag mother? I will I'm not. I'm curious. Nope. So tell us what, for people who don't know, what is a drag okay, mother? Okay, yeah. so a drag mother <laughs> is someone you, I don't want to say latch onto, but latch onto, to like teach you the ways of the drag community and like how to act and blah, 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 blah. But we were total polar opposites. And obviously she was a jealous five letter word starting with a B. Mm-hmm. So um, we. So uh, you moved on I to just, a different mentor. I, I, well, I discovered that. And, and then I just. Did everything brass tacks from myself, starting yeah. from the ground up. Okay. And I'm still, like, eight years later, I'm still learning. Yeah. Because now I do have makeup tutorials, and I do have the younger generation that can just go to Sephora and have the best face in 24 hours of right. looking at a YouTube thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's tell just- me for a second, like, so there's this whole creative aspect of the style, what's the music you're doing, kind of how does your attitude show up? Then there's the part about kind of why do this? Like beyond the kind of the money making piece or whatever, kind of why is this important in your life and manifesting kind of who you are? And how do you think that impacts the community that's witnessing you? Well, when I started, it was kind of like I was just out of college, poor as poor as the dirt. So I was like, oh, wait, I can I can make money off of this. Right. But then like Mm -hmm. a couple of years later, I was like, Oh, so this is how you, so basically painting your face is like painting a canvas and performing is a great stress relief. Like some people have yoga and this and this and that. I like performing because it like gets all your energy out there Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's just fun. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. if you're not having fun with what you're doing, why do it? Mm -hmm. And does it feel, totally, I agree. (laughs) And does it feel important to you as like a social statement, as a, a way of connecting with people? See, or do you not really think about it that way? And you just focus I just on- I just don't think about it like that. Yeah. Like I don't I don't think about the technicalities of drag. I just have a good time. Uh-huh. And like if I'm having a good time, that impacts th- everybody. Who's then everybody's you. having yeah. a good time. That's like, why it- I love working with Sylvia because I always have a good time. Yeah, you know, like yeah. as we're getting ready, we're throwing shit at each other. We're joking around. Yeah, you know, we have a good time. Yeah, which I love having a good time. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? (laughs) So, Louise, tell us a little bit about kind of your role in all of this as a dancer, choreographer, teacher. So, um, two years ago, um, yeah, two and a half years ago, I went to Australia and I saw a drag show at four in the morning. And it was just not just some typical regular drag show. These queens had choreography. Mm -hmm. These queens had a show that was choreographed, had props, had um, costumes. It was put together. And something that I loved was that nobody was tipping them mm. because the club was able to give them insurance, was able to support them as a drag artist. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to bring this to New Haven, Connecticut. 
I feel like this is, you know, this could be something that could grow in Connecticut, in the U.S. So I got the opportunity to do my own show at Lyrical Theater, mm -hmm. and that's where Escapade was born. So I reached out to, you know, three of my favorite queens that I love, Sylvia Hart, Tiana Maxim, hey, Fears, <laughs> and who else was in that? There was one, and that's it, no? The first one, I think it was just me, T, and um, Kendra. Kendra. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I told him my idea and what I wanted to do. I, I, the idea was to bring drag to an audience. And an audience cannot, that cannot be there at four in the morning to watch the show. An audience uh, that could bring their kids, you know, mm -hmm. bringing drag to an audience that has never seen it. Mm. Um, and exposing ourselves, you know, and this is what we do. And also being able to invite our families. You know, like my nieces got to got the chance to go. Your parents my, got my to parents, go. My parents got. My parents are not club goers by any <laughs> state of the word. So it's cool that they like actually. Luis's escapade show was the first show drag show my parents ever came to. Wow! So when they finally saw it, it was like, all right, I get it now. Yeah. I get it. I get now it. Now I know why you take six hours in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> now I know why there's stains on all of the towels. <laughs> And so the difference was that this wasn't in a club setting. It wasn't in a club setting. And it was a really choreographed show. It like was you're a dancer. It was directed. Um, yeah, the queens also got to be in a different, you know, a different feel. And there was group numbers. So they had to work together and, you know, be able to be at rehearsals for two months. And <laughs> was that difficult to, that it wasn't? Be at rehearsals. In drag, you usually at have first, each person as a star, right? They're was. not often... For the first production, it was very difficult, I will say, because there's it was, so, like, there's so was, many diva personalities yeah. working against each other. But mm -hmm. the, we, the New Haven is such a close, small city mm -hmm. that all the girls know each other and we all sort of like each other <laughs> enough to work so, together enough to work together to, to know we're all professionals and yeah. let's get this job done so we we it was cool in that yeah. aspect what the show created was also a family you know we got closer you know being yeah. uh, you know around each other for two months for four five six hours and then during the shows and uh that's really special to me is creating a bond yeah because that translates on stage yeah right. and Combining that community and being able to be like, I know you guys don't like each other, but guess what? Here you are going to love each other. Mm -hmm. We're going to perform together and we're going to create a good energy for your audience. And that was something that at first I felt like it was hard to do. But once they saw what I was trying to get on stage and produce, they respected that and they were all in. And yeah. Otherwise, he would yell at us. <laughs> <laughs> it has definitely has gotten easier for each production. Yeah. Yeah. And so what do you mm -hmm. feel was different about bringing this to a different audience? Like, how did that affect the performance and how did that impact the, the people watching? Uh, well, first of all, making sure it was PG <laughs> and making sure it was, you know, family friendly. Um, also, creating a story. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> creating a story, you know, and... Um, it's not just you just come and perform, um, right. you know, creating a story a that's able depth. to be translated to the audience. And I always don't like to like say, here's a story about a boy who came out to his father. It's like more like, what do you see and what everything the audience is seeing to the whatever's there on stage, the visual. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're trained as a dancer? I am. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. What so I'm a dancer. Dance? So um, I went to local schools here in New Haven. I went to ECA, the Me Christian too. Center for the Arts, yes. Betsy Ross, which is where I teach that now. Um, also on New Haven Ballet. I went to all those yeah. places too yeah. for dance as <laughs> well. Yes. Yeah, yeah awesome. so I started here in New Haven yeah. and, you know, uh, 
gotten the opportunity to work with artists and take classes in New York and go to summer camps. And yeah, I, I, I feel very lucky that I'm still able to do what I love and also pay it forward by creating something and giving other performers that didn't have that chance right. to be on stage. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's awesome. And also it's nice because like when you're a drag performer and doing your own like show at like a nightclub, yeah. you're there's no control. You're just kind of going with it. There's control in his shows because you have to know choreography. You have to hit marks. You have to do this. You have to do that. But he doesn't want to stifle like your own expression. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's that's what nice that's what's yeah. nice about doing the escapade shows. Yeah. This is my what? Fifth, third, fourth? Fourth. Fourth. You missed the last my, one. Yeah. Sorry. Uh -huh. And they're coming up. They're work. coming up over the Halloween weekend at Lyric yes, Hall. October so October twenty seventh, twenty eighth. Yes, yes. Correct. And buy that, tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all up on the Table Underground website, tableunderground.com. So Daniel, we got to hear from you. I know you're quiet Hi. over there. I know. <laughs> so you are a designer and photographer, yep. and I wanted to give you an opportunity to um, read just a little bit from your. Do you want to read a little oh, from your photo yeah, well, of your sure, book? Sure. Either from there or the back. So Daniel put together this really beautiful photo book. It's a volume one, so there may be other volumes about the drag scene in New Haven. So mm -hmm. do you want to read a little bit? Yeah, I kind of made this a volume one as a little um, prompting to myself to expand on it in yeah. the future. So, um, But this is a little kind of prose-like synopsis of the book. Um, there's very little writing in it, but this is uh, some of that writing. There's something that happens at a drag show that conjures an environment inspired with wonder and alternate universe, except universe no longer alternate, but fully immediate. Drag art fills a space with a sort of disorientation and suspended disbelief. It becomes as if something miraculous is occurring and the whole scale of normal shifts to include a vastly more diverse range of experiences and variety. Mm. That's yeah. deep. Yeah. It I is. tend to be deep, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it really, I was trying to channel that sense of awe and fascination that was really what I experienced when I first really started coming out to drag shows and just before I really knew anybody and before I was really known by anybody, just being able to be there anonymously and kind of be very objective and witnessing this art form and this environment and kind of community of people that um, were inspired by this this um, performance. Mm. Mm -hmm. And what did that do for you? Like witnessing drag and how did that impact your life? Well, there was a huge sense of emancipation. And I talk about normal in the little bit of writing in here in a way that, you know, normal at a drag show at Partners on Friday night or at the Robin Banks show every second and fourth Saturday at 168 York Street <laughs> is... Um, <laughs> You know, normal is a very different normal than what you're experiencing 90% of the other time in your life. Normal at in one of these environments is inclusive and it represents variety and different, different ages, different shades, different colors and different um, just this kind of diaspora of humanity. Oh, good word. Yes. What's that mean? <laughs> um, kind of like, you know, this, uh, it means variety, you know, and it's, it's all the colors and it's all the different flowers and, yeah. um, and it's accepted, you know, so normal instead of being in a space that's reductive and that you need to shove yourself into in order to feel comfortable in becomes this expansive place. And, um, that was really something that I connected with and affected me personally. Mm. 
you know, and then you have this, this, um, this transformation of the performer that you're witnessing. And it's like, I'm trying to figure out what t-shirt I want to wear before I go out. And I almost don't even go out and like <laughs> throw up my hands and be like, I can't figure out whether it should be blue or red. And then you get into the club and you see these fabulous um, drag queens. That have 30 outfits. That have 30 <laughs> outfits. Nobody yeah. is looking yeah. at your red or blue shirt. <laughs> right. You know, they're stealing I'm the show. I'm looking Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that to me was like, all right, you can be courageous. You can be you. Like, you can, mm. you know, it, it, it bolsters your spirit to kind of be your own fabulous and yeah. discover what that means and then wear it, you know, yeah. and take it with you wherever you go. Hashtag be your own fabulous. Yes. <laughs> I think this is so important, right? Because like, we do live, I mean, most societies are places where there is an idea of what normal is. And so many people don't fit into that. And so I just don't like the word normal. Normal, Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, normal is whatever nothing, we are, nothing. right? Yeah, it's nothing. It's, yeah. So like normal is like but, a null and void word. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But unfortunately, like a lot of people in our society don't think that way. And that's so cause, I think that's that, they're lazy and they don't yeah. have a vast vocabulary like Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But what's important about these spaces is, I mean, the reason that I do this show and the work that I do and and why I respect the community that you all are building is that the more that we create community and tell the story and kind of get out and be fabulous in who we are in all the different ways that we are, whether that's a drag community or any other community, we normalize it, right? Like we make it more acceptable and we we tell other people who are attracted to that, hey, here's a place for you, come be part of it. And that is, to me, is like the heart of how we heal our society because when we make those things normal yeah all of well, it something that you know <laughs> was really interesting like during the nhv drag during the city web studios that we had the queens performing at the kitchen was seeing kids <laughs> there and them seeing drag for the first time yeah and you know it's like hey you know this is okay being drag you know being gay being who you are you know and being weird and crazy it's okay for you to be like it's that. normal yeah it's normal <laughs> yes it's normal yeah yeah you know i mean this was yeah. great because it was in the middle of the day mm-hmm. it was during a, a highly uh, attended family event yep. and yeah. like lots yeah. of artists had uh-huh. yeah tell me what yeah. how was that experience for you <laughs> Well, um, when they approached me, like, what was it, like, two weeks prior? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like, oh, we're going to do this fabulous event, and it's it's in uh, uh, Daniel's studio. I go, oh, my God, fantastic. So where are we performing? In their kitchen. I go, oh, okay, sure. That's different. Mm-hmm. But no, it was, it, was, it was honestly, like, the coolest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Just because you, like, oh. it kind of, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Don't get all teary <laughs> So why was it fabulous? Okay, so because, like, in a club setting, like, you have lights to work with. You have, like, places to hide and, like, little shadows that you can hide your, like, flaws Yeah, there was stuff. no hiding in there. There was yeah. no hiding. So if you uh. screwed something up, there's everyone. Yeah. But what I like about, like, and I use this term loosely, like, the artist community, like, they're going to look at it not like as a mess up they're gonna look at it like oh did she mean to do that they're not did judging. she they're yeah, like wow they're, they're, that's they're a good thinking choice. they're thinking yeah. more into it than you than me personally as a performer would have like like if i throw my arm up wrong i'm like oh crap i did that wrong they're gonna be like 
Did she mean to do that? Mm-hmm. Did I mean, that's the thing. When audiences are watching shows, they don't know what you're supposed but, to do. Yeah. Thank so you. as long as you do it with confidence, Unless, you pull as long it as off. You, as long good. as you don't fall. Right. <laughs> Rule one, don't fall. Yeah. <laughs> and keep your hair on. And they, uh, they appreciate. <laughs> or take it off intentionally. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> never, make it look ne- like you did. Never. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a great picture, actually, in your book of yes. a drag queen um, actually kind of pulling yes. off. And yeah. I also think that's really powerful to yeah. kind of be in Madison. I would actually <laughs> like to acknowledge it. Madison Safar Dukan and I I approached all of the um, drag artists personally and asked them if they would be involved in the project. And when I approached Madison, I asked her if I could use that photograph, knowing that it's pretty right. much showing her a very vulnerable place. Yeah. Her her wig actually fell off in the middle of her show. It was my first <laughs> time ever seeing her perform. But like she totally you know, it's like if she went to slip a little bit, like she just said, screw it, I'm going all the way over and I'm going to go with it and I'm going to just make it work. And it was fierce and it was really inspiring to me as an artist who I'm always trying to incorporate the mistake, you know, and right. allow like a certain amount of grace to come through so that it, it becomes a part of the performance and a part of the spectacle and a part of what... um you're trying to communicate so that to me represents a very human thing that any artist and anybody who's taking risks in performance or in creating is inevitably going to have to face when something unexpected happens and like you can either freeze up or you can take courage and like roll with it so i was really grateful and i admired um her courage to let me represent that in the book (laughs) well this is making me think of something that i want to ask you sylvia is that i hear you tisking over there how dare, and how so, dare you <laughs> no but so this is a thing like in general when i look at drag queens there's a sense of trying to be perfect right there's like this trying to attain this attain attain yes. this whatever your particular idea of that moment of perfection is right is that how you feel about it i when i first started i didn't think so like i just you know oh let's throw out a wig in a nice outfit this is not but then like when i saw pictures of myself i was like Oh, yeah. So like now I take that time to develop the character because and they they joke about this to me all the time. Like I'm the pretty one. Mm-hmm. Like, hold on. Wait, hold on. Can we get this? We're putting the photo up to <laughs> Facebook Live and I, right now. and I don't like to say that, but <laughs> I'm freaking pretty. <laughs> yeah, so every time up. I do my makeup, I attain to that like. To the point where it's almost obsessive. Yeah. Like, if I screw up on one thing while I'm doing my makeup, I'll wash my whole face and start from ground one. Mm. She's a perfectionist. Hey. Yeah. A perfectionist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not. Does it feel, does that, I mean, I get that and, and the importance of that as an artist, but does it also feel like oppressive to you sometimes of like. It's not oppressive because it's always nice to get a compliment. Am I right? Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but. From the other queens and people that know what I look like at my best, I can't let them see me at my worst because mm-hmm. that's not what they're coming to the shows for. Mm-hmm. They're, it's like... Um, but do you feel like it puts... I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not trying to contradict oh, no, 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 you no, no, at no. all. I'm just asking sort of about the emotional impact that has on you. Like, Do you feel that there's like this really high expectation that's hard I don't think meet? about it like that. No? I, okay. I, I, I'm... I'm very. I'm not your typical like mm-hmm. drag queen. Okay. Like I don't think about like all the technicalities and details. I can't get in my head like that because yeah. that's when you become like that robot performer. Okay. I'm just very, very go with the flow, except for like organic. 
well in a, in a weird kind of way organic yeah. with a lot of chemicals in yeah. this way. Uh-huh. <laughs> so i want to yeah. ask you guys about you know at your open studio show you had a number of different drag queens there mm-hmm. some latina some black some white mm-hmm. and i wanted to ask a little bit about the dynamics of race and maybe also age in the new haven drag community and how you perceive that mm-hmm. mm. who wants to go first well, as far as age goes, you guys pretty much yeah. picked like a group of girls like pretty close in age, am I right? Like mm-hmm. there was who there was me, Kiki, uh, Selena, Malaya, and Summer, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Did I get them all? And Kendra. And Kendra. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh-huh. Okay, so you're you're similar in age. Yeah, we're, yeah. yeah we're all around okay. the same like yeah. age bracket. So what about like the, culture the, and race? Well, well, I don't so, mean to say that this is oh, easy. No, 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 I'm no, no, asking because no, no, no. yeah. I know it's not well, easy. So. There, we're, there, we're all different aesthetics. Like me, oh, Kiki's Turkish. I'm Italian. Uh, Selena's. Uh, I don't want to say black. I don't want to say French. Black. Okay, cool. Makes, Daniel yeah. said it. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Malaya's Latin. So is uh, Kendra. Kendra. Like, there's uh-huh. so many. But it's funny because they're we all play up to like our. Like nationalities, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like Kendra is spinning her head every way back and forth, death dropping, and she has these elaborate outfits. Uh-huh. Which, and when you talked, when I talked to her the first time I met her, she's like, "Oh, this is what they do in Puerto Rico. Like, this is the kind of drag they serve. It's high, it's high shine energy, a lot of like death drops and hair whippings, and mm-hmm. it's about like putting on the show." Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like myself. And again, I can't speak for any of the other drag queens. So this I'm is just my perception. To, yeah. Yes. So as for me, I'm more like, you know, like play up the sex and the little the the white housewife, like rich white woman I call myself, like the that whole aspect. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. Be, it was cool because yeah. you guys had um like such a diverse like range mm-hmm. throughout the two days that it took place. Well, when we were planning and picking out the queens, you know, we put them all all twelve of them on the paper. And we're like, what's a good mixture? What's a, what's a good three queens to have one day and a good three to have the second day? Mm-hmm. And we also wanted to represent everyone and everyone in our community. You know, Latinas, you know, white, black, Turkish, and all types. So we looked and then we started asking the queens, okay, it's available. And then we picked the lineup. And So why yeah. did you feel that was important? Like some people make a show and it's all white drag queens. So why, um, why were you doing it different? For me, yeah. personally, I feel like it's important to evolve everyone in our community. And right now, um, in our gay community, it's a very sore subject if um, not everyone's included. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am aware of that. And I don't want to get any backlash saying that I only support white queens. You know, oh, me, I'll say it. And me being a Latino man, you know, Puerto Rican, I will still get it. You know, right. you know, if, if, if someone is not on the poster that's not supposed to be, you know, that was there once, it was not there again. It's like, well, why? Is it because he's black? It's like, no, it's actually something else happened. But I'm not going to talk about it because I don't have to explain myself to you. What people, yeah. I'll you know, explain uh-huh. it. What people yeah. don't realize is that, like I said before, it's such a small community mm-hmm. that if someone's not available, then they're not available. And then you go with the yeah. next person that is uh-huh. available. And if sure. they happen to be white, black, Puerto Rican, blah, 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 blah. But, but so I hear you. But I also appreciate the intentionality because yeah. I think part right. of the intention overcoming- is always there. The vision is that we do have to be intentional about being inclusive and inviting people. And so obviously sometimes there's logistical issues, but... And that's basically what it comes down to is logistical issues. Like if they're not responsible queens, you're not going to hire them. Yes, correct. So if... if, But I appreciated that you had a lot of queens of color there. And so that's, I guess, why I'm asking you that and and kind of also noticing like a range of... Yeah. yeah, Do you want to speak to this a little bit? Yeah. And I mean, 
we are lucky in New Haven because our drag performance community is representative yeah. of a diverse, has a mm -hmm. diverse cultural range. And, um, and to, to, in order to accurately represent that, if I'm going to be doing a project and creating a platform called NHV Drag, it is absolutely essential that I represent that reality. So, um, and it just makes it more interesting. I mean, when you walk into a room and you see a diverse representation of cultural range, you just know it's going to be a more interesting experience. Mm -hmm. And you know that mm -hmm. the the collective perspective from that experience is going to be more accurate and more human mm -hmm. and more educational. So when you're filling a stage with performers and you're in a community like New Haven and you have performers that are representative of an awesome diversity, you want all of that to be there because then you're putting your, your, you're doing your part as a producer to accurately reflect the community that you're supporting and engaging. Right. Um, you know, the, it would be different if we were in a drag community that, you know, the closest black drag queen was a hundred miles, miles away. Yeah. Away. yeah. yeah. But, uh -huh. We have this rich, you know this rich um we're small but we we're, have, we're small we have, but we're diverse so why not use them why not be it's a you place know. for everybody i loved yeah. also i mean mm -hmm. i saw like um selena did milkshake yes. and so oh, it was so good uh, yeah <laughs> so she so did good. a performance to the song milkshake yeah. milkshake brings all my the boys to the, the yard, yard. Right. Like, so you know people <laughs> think about drag and they think like barbara streisand and like broadway tunes and that's obviously still part of the drag community yeah. oh but, obviously but uh -huh also like bringing it into the now and bringing pop music and hip hop and other kinds of music in is also really important. I mean, that's cultures that people are coming out of yeah. and also like coming out of Puerto Rico and other uh -huh. cultures. So it, are you seeing that a lot in performances that people are using kind of more modern music and. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Like, all the time. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it gets overdone. <laughs> like, some, like Taylor Swift, like you guys you know, do it too many times. Yeah. It's just like, okay, enough. But yeah. what I appreciate yeah. is when a queen takes the numbers that have been done 19 bajillion times like Taylor Swift, but spin it. Yeah. Yeah. And like make it their own. Like Malay Love Nations does that. Her yeah. costumes are so elaborate. Yeah, she amazing. could be singing Happy Freaking Birthday. And she will look amazing. And you amazing. will be making it rain on her because she just is killing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if people want to see pictures, um, Daniel has taken tons of pictures, both from his book, from Citywide Open Studios, um, and from a number of other shows, and a, a number of them are up on the site, and you can also buy his book. There's information on thetableunderground.com, but there's really great pictures up there, and I tried to put names of people up there as well so we could kind of get a sense of who's who as much as possible. Awesome. So um, I wanted to ask you guys about kind of the political world that we're living in. So I'm always looking like, yes, Trump has made things worse, but it's not like things were great beforehand in a lot yeah. of ways either. So mm -hmm. I'm sort of curious kind of in past political climate and also the changing political climate that we're in now, how is this affecting you guys as gay men, as part of the drag community? And I also want to be intentional that like drag and gay is not the same thing, that yeah. there are mm -hmm. people who dress in drag who are not gay, yep. but the three of you are. And so how is this affecting you personally and how are you viewing the current political climate affecting your community? I could go yeah. first. Sure. I, as an artist, gay man, Latino, I chose to ignore it and bring my focus to my art. Mm. Um, like I have said this before, yeah, it's fun to go out on the street and be like, yeah, Trump sucks, but that's not doing anything for me. 
for me was doing was helping me deal with what's going on is putting my energy towards what I love, which mm -hmm. is my art, and not stopping, you know, performance, bringing uh, a little bit of uh, an escape, escapade from the reality of what we're going through. And instead of focusing on what Trump did or what he did now, then reposting what he wrote, it's just like, who cares, okay? Yes, he sucks, you know, but I'm going to focus on me and focus on my art. And not focus on that negative energy. because mm -hmm. And that's what I've chosen to do. And sometimes people say, oh, Trump. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's still a president. I forgot. Because <laughs> I, I really don't care. It's yeah. just like, he's not going to change. He's not going to make things better for me, personally. So it's just like, why focus? Yes, I'm still aware of the, all the social issues that are going sure. on. But instead of just talking about it, I'm just, you know, why not talk about art and right. dance and drag queens and something positive? Why focus on that negative energy? Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, and this is uh -huh. the idea to me of what creative social justice is. Mm -hmm. So artists do profound art and put a message out and you're inherently building community, right? You mm -hmm. are bringing different drag queens together. Yeah. You're putting drag in an environment it wasn't in mm -hmm. before and exposing different people to it. That changes the story that we tell about what drag is, about what normal is, about what queer is, about lots of other things and mm -hmm. so to me that's actually taking action mm -hmm. not necessarily like walking in the street protesting yeah. but it is taking action it is political to yeah, me different way. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. is it political to you or do uh, you really try not to think um, of it that i try way? not to make a connection but it is yeah because actually <laughs> so many people have told me that what you're doing is very political yeah. and have thanked me for it and i'm like huh i like i see that connection but I try not to focus on that political. That doesn't part. help yes. your. Uh -huh. per that yep. doesn't help your artistic yeah, process. Yeah, I don't for do you. it because I'm trying to make sure. a political statement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. Good. What <laughs> do you What do you have to say? Um, I also feel that if art is being effective at art as art, the there is a political impact that's that's um, in in art being art. Um, so then it's like when you make art a specific political point with art I, I feel like it gets in the way of the art doing what art is supposed to do which is kind of a more um it's it's indirect it's it's an ambient energy mm -hmm. art kind of goes in through the back door and goes through the cracks in the windows and kind of gets inside and helps transform you from the inside out mm -hmm. um and that is always a, a desire of mine as an artist and I come from a background of uh, visual art and like very cosmic minded and so to like kind of come into drag with photography like I'm still maintaining that sense of awe and kind of this cosmic power that like when you walk into a space and you have a normal that represents gender iconoclasm and sexual identity iconoclasm like that to me is wildly political mm -hmm. but you don't have to make a political statement about it because it, it almost because mm -hmm. then it politicizes it and right. that immediately creates butting heads and right. po polarities um so it's a challenge and i i think it's an awesome challenge for any artist to try and engage and figure out in their own way creatively mm -hmm. yeah mm. now see when i do i i am not politically savvy in any way, shape, or form. So, the or way politically I, correct. Yeah. <laughs> the way, <laughs> There's a place for that. Too. The way I like so do bad. my shows is, like I said before, I want the people that come to my shows and my events to forget about all that crazy crap they they heard on the news and saw and heard on the radio, saw yeah. on the news, all that mm -hmm. political stuff, mm -hmm. and just forget about it and have a really good time. Yes. That five, uh -huh. to, that five to seven. I mean, you might go home at seven hours, but um, 
Like, just forget about it and have a really good time. Have a couple drinks and just just forget about it. Just right. have a good time and relax. Let your hair and down. And we need that, too. It, thank <laughs> you. It drives me crazy when I go to a drag show. Oh, God. And, and they, they want to mention talk about, his name. Oh, my God. Like, why? But it's a total buzzkill, and it kills me. I'm like, dude, I always go away. get a shot of Patron. Something. Yeah. <laughs> I walk away because I, I can't. Yeah. yeah. By the uh-huh. way, showtime's in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to uh, finish up here, but I wanted to make sure we gave you guys a chance to talk about all the upcoming shows. So tonight, there are two shows. It's Friday, October 20th. Hey, happy There's, Friday. Yeah, mm-hmm. 7.30 tonight, Robin Banks has a show. Do you want to tell us a quick bit about that? It's at the Annex YMA Club on Woodward Ave in New Haven. Yeah, this is really exciting for me because it's drag in an unusual space. It's at the Annex Club. At the Annex Club, yeah. Which is like, I mean, I just really love that kind of incongruity of drag in one of these like kind of like... Is it kind of a more mainstream club? Well, it's yeah. like... It's, is it like an yeah, Italian-American it's like a, club? Yeah, it's like a VM, like, 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 okay. like parties, energy. yeah. You oh, know, okay. like quinceañeras and yeah, yeah. place like that where you have weddings. And it's, yeah. uh-huh. and it's so celebrating yeah. one of the most outstanding uh, drag queens in New Haven, Robin Banks. Shout out been, to Robin. Shout out to Robin, who's been doing the Robin Banks show in New Haven for just about 10 years now. So, And she has she's bringing it to a stage, and she has a uh, variety of performers that include drag, but it's not exclusive to drag. There's also going to be... Drag queens, burlesque dancers. Burlesque. Trans performers. Yeah, trans mm-hmm. performers, Great. yeah. All right, mm-hmm. so that all this info is up on our website. The other show tonight is Death Becomes Him. Hey! hey. Summer so Orlando. So, uh, Summer Orlando uh, presents Death Becomes Him at Trevi Lounge tonight, uh, 10 o'clock sharp, and cocktails begin 9, 9.30. It could begin at 7 if you want to get there early and it's get real It's a parody soft. of Death Becomes Her. It is a parody of Death Becomes Her. I play mm-hmm. Madeline Ashton. Hey, Meryl. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, and I've seen the show twice. And is laugh out loud funny. It's okay. starring, yes. starring Summer Orlando, mm-hmm. myself, Sylvia Hart, Tiana Maxim Rose, and Don Houston. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And there's discounted tickets online. Discounted and tickets, tickets online, and then tickets at the door also. And that's Great. tonight. Excellent. And so, also this weekend, the Boozy Barber Broadway Brunch is happening on Sunday. Shout yes. out to Barbara. Yep. So tell us a quick bit about this. This is a nighttime brunch. Mm-hmm. Seven, um, seven so, o'clock at night. You know, it's at the York Street Cafe. Yep, one sixty eight York Street. And this is a collaboration between Summer Orlando and Barbara Jones Street Sand, who are both drag queens in their community, and they both are known for their live singing. So this is going to be about live singing. It's going to be about having special guests. Broadway tunes. Barbara Streisand impersonator. It's very, yeah. it's very campy. It's and very lots of it's, campy. It's a lot of Lots fun. of alcohol. All yeah, night. Bloody Sunday Marys nights. and mimosas. Yes. Bloody Marys and For mimosas at 7 o'clock at night. Very cheap. All right. And our yeah. last show is your show. You want to tell us a quick bit about that on yes. Halloween weekend, the right, 27th. So Escapade Which fifth... all three of us are involved yes. in. Okay. <laughs> it's my fifth production of Escapade. Um, I, it's a whole new show. It's revamp and reimagine. Um, and it has a Halloween theme, and instead of focusing on the gore of Halloween, I'm focusing on the emotions, and how emotions become your inner monsters. Okay, um, and this is at Lyric Hall. Lyric the Hall tickets theater. are online, and there's two shows a night, both yes. on the 27th and 28th. Correct. 7.30 uh-huh. show and a 10 o'clock yes. show. Uh-huh. Yep. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thank yeah, you so, so people- much, Tegan. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so people can check thetableunderground.com for more information. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And thank you for listening.